Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Welcome to CPA. Chanda pays attention. I am your host. I am your friend. I am your buddy, Chanda. If you've never been to our channel, come on our channel, listen to our channel before. Um, I am an accountant. I I am interested in many topics and I come on this channel and I get my mic out and I talk about stuff that interests me. I mainly talk about things that I've always found as controversial or things that have upset me as as a child and I never really took a firm stance on. So I research the stances I could have taken and I see if I'm still right as an adult. I see if I'm making sensible judgments based on fact. Today's one's not going to be that deep or aggressive a topic, but it's going to be something that I've internally struggled with for a long time. Here we go. So when I was much younger, significantly younger, I was obsessed with having my art on the fridge. I really wanted my mom to put my art on the fridge. I thought it was the coolest thing. I saw it in all the movies, and I was like, oh, if I can only get my art on the fridge. If you've ever been to an African home, I don't think you see art on the fridge. And now that I'm older, I'm kind of like the way my parents struggled to get a fridge. <laughs> I can see why they didn't want my nonsense art on it. <laughs> so to get on the fridge, my dad always said it had to be really good. In fact, our art was barely like displayed around the house. I think I only had like one macaroni and um, art piece that ended up on a wall. And that was a pretty good piece of art that I did as a kid if I do say so myself. So as I'm older, I was thinking about that memory as I lay down and I thought, what is art? Like, what would quantify to get on a fridge or on a wall? Like, what counts as art? I've been to a few art museums. I love going to art museums. I love walking around and just looking at what people have done. But sometimes I think I can be a bit too optimistic in the sense of, I'm just kind of like, wow, they did a good job. I don't really stop and think, is that really art? That's what we're going to talk about today. What is art? What counts as art? Should things count as art? Shouldn't things count as art? So I go to the dictionary and I ask myself, what is art dictionary? And the Googles tell me this. Art is the expression or application of a human creative skill and imagination, typically in visual forms such as a painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. Or it's the various branches of creative activities such as painting, music, literature, or dance. So basically it's an expression of your skills. That's what the dictionary tells us. Now, art, as I researched further and I went deeper into what does it mean, what actually is it, we get to the idea of um, art should be able to invoke and it should be able to cause feelings within people. So when we're considering art, we have to first consider two things. And I say consider rather than these are the two basic points of art. We have to consider intention and subject matter. First of all, there are no fine lines here. We are dancing in the absolute gray. I will say some things that may rub you the wrong way, and I am sorry. But also, I mean, that's what art is. Art is, it's an interesting form of conversation. So art is meant to be a way to invoke a response. It's not always a positive one, but the main goal is to give people material to create their own thoughts and emotions. That's what art is meant to do in its rudimentary form. So I think after what I've been reading, it's a way of guiding thought and emotion rather than telling you how to feel. I think this implies a brilliance in art and that 
it should lead to some discord or conversation just because of how different people are in receiving thoughts or ideas. So as much as you may paint a bowl, like, like I have a bowl here and I look at the wall and I could be like, oh, this is a bowl. As much as I would tell you this is a bowl, like if I painted it or if I, I don't know, if I assume this is art, it's meant to cause some kind of thought of, is there more to this bowl? Is it supposed to make you feel a certain way? Blah, blah, blah. There's actually a famous painting and I forget the name now. It's a painting of a pipe. And it basically, it says in French at the bottom, which basically says, this is not a pipe. And it caused so much uproar because they were like, it literally is the painting of a pipe. And the artist says, no, it's not. It's a combination of um, fibers and paints and colors. That is not a pipe. It's a painting of a pipe. And it was such a funny little like artsy joke, I guess. But like, that's the point. It's supposed to, it's supposed to allow people who see the art to have further thought. So the second thing I said we have to consider is subject matter. Different mediums usually have different goals in what they do. Books tend to make us understand ourselves and others in the social world. That's why I think Harry Potter is a brilliant piece of art. I think it's um, something that I would debate in, in open court. The cis took depression and made a seven-part tackle on the topic. And I think... Um, I think I actually may dedicate some time on this podcast to just talk about Harry Potter. Just <laughs> I could give you like eight full episodes on Harry Potter and how I think each book is so brilliant. Anyway, irrelevant. Movies and video games often tend to obscure thought or limit thought, I think, to some extent, because what they do is they create a world and give you a storyline, but they tend to omit very real life consequences. For example, um, some movie scenes are really cool. Like, you know, um, I know. Captain America picks up a car and throws it across the room or something like that. No one ever thinks about the fact that whoever is paying insurance on that car finna find Captain America and get that money back. Or, um, I don't know, Fast and Furious, those like street races they have. No one ever thinks about like the standstill, complete traffic that happens in places like L.A. or Dallas or whatever, where these big scenes are taking place. You're kind of like, if you've ever driven through them, you're kind of like, you could not have a high speed chase here unless you had it at exactly two in the morning when there are no cars. But, you know, that's, you know, OK, my point is they emit very real life consequences and they give you kind of like a simple train of thought to follow where you get movies and video games, there has to be a suspension of belief. That's one of the key ideas of movies. They, there's a part of you that has to just give up on reality to some extent to accept what's going on in this, this world in order to debate it well. That's why you have cinematic universes. In the realm of this universe, this is what's able to happen. So, um, and that sounds like the idea of like magic and blah, 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 and all that crazy stuff. So, that's kind of the idea of like what art is and what art is by definition. So now we need to ask ourselves, what isn't art? Now this train of thought took me down a very funny rabbit hole. I think it's funny because I think it's funny how strongly opinionated a lot of people were. A lot of people were in the gray and a lot of books and subjects on it were kind of like, it's debatable. Art is not the same as the art. So art isn't the same as designs. But I wanted to talk mainly about a man called Professor Tisson Avital. And I'm so sure I'm butchering his name and I apologize. He reminds me a lot of my mother when I was reading his um, work, mainly his book, Art Versus Non-Art, Art Out of Mind. And it, this book takes some big swings at um, modern, modernism. And many books have done this before. And I've read a few as a kid because I, I don't know what nonsense books we had in our house, but these are the things I ended up stumbling upon. <laughs> 
But um, a lot of the books complain that modern art and like what we like, you know, new age art, you know, like the abstract art or, you know, like random circles or even like fancy designs on walls are bad art. But this man, Avatar, says blatantly, it's not even just bad art. It's not art, period. And he gives really strong points on in his book. And I wanted to share some of his qualifiers for art and for what is not art and also plug the book because it's a very interesting read. And I think if you read it with an open mind, it's funny, but like the points make sense. Like I thought it was funny because for me, it's not that deep an argument. If you think something's art, it's art. If it's not art, it's not art. You know, like we can argue Donda for hours, but like, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it won't, I'll still sleep, you know, sleep great. Fan on eight, blanket on, you know, I'm doing good. Okay, so... Avatar's big complaint is that there's been a mental shift in the last 500 years, and this has stopped us from actually being artistic. He blames like the way Western civilization has moved, and he doesn't really blame us that we're not artistic, or maybe there's like a lack of teaching or anything. But he kind of blames the like a mental shift that's happened in the way humans are. So he's kind of calling this period of time as this like interim period between art that we had before and art that's yet to come. So it's more of a hopeful book than it is like a chastising of what art is today. He's kind of saying that we're just not back at where art needs to be mentally. So he, um, his main issue is this mindset called the fallacy of affirming the consequence. And I know that sounds kind of like, oh, that sounds so smart and so like big head, like Panga use simpler words. But basically he's talking about a human def and animal defense strategy. It's a survival technique. Um, like the idea of disguise and camouflage. Basically, um, I don't know if you've seen like on Nat Geo Wild or documentaries where there's that insect that looks like a leaf. And then when it's camouflaged as a leaf, like another little bug will come to it and then will like attack it or something. Or um, the way plants sometimes look kind of like wasps or look like other bugs. So then wasps will come and like mate basically with the plant thinking that they're mating with the plant, but they end up actually pollinating it. So Avital says that we do this with art. He says that while um, an object or a canvas may have color on it and it may be made of colors and combinations does not actually mean that it's art. Just because we, you know, we throw a bunch of colors together doesn't mean that it's art. And, and I get what he's trying to say there. You just, you know, like you can put makeup on a pig, but, you know, doesn't make it a person. You know what I mean? Okay, maybe that's not the exact same point. Anyway. He claims that we have somehow taken the world of symbols and dumbed it down to the world of things. We've taken art and dumbed it down to valueless graphics or industrial design, which I think is really interesting. So what about abstract art? You know, like the idea that, um, you know, like four horns on top of each other is actually a man and it's like a minor brave or something. I don't know. Abstract art, you know, you've seen abstract art or you've seen art that doesn't really initially makes sense, but it's just considered abstract. He claims that there's no such thing as abstract at all, and that it's a bi-directional or a two-meaning or a division of intellect. On one hand, abstraction eliminates the unique characteristics of objects. On, a, on the other hand, the other road or the other direction, it tends to pervert the most important characteristics, giving them a sense of generalization. And I think just in that statement alone could be a powerful, like, philosophical attack on people in the sense of like sometimes we okay this is actually going into my attack on like Enneagram and like star signs we we generalize 
people so much that we we omit their uniqueness. Sometimes we were kind of like, oh, because you were born under this star sign or you were born in this mood or you answered question number seven this way. That means in all situations, your character type will do this or you may do this. We generalize something that is so distinctly unique. I think actions have consequences. There's no reason for you to be loud in a quiet space and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm an EFNTJ964 and my star sign falls on 93 and the moon shines on the left side when I was born. Therefore, I cannot be quiet in a quiet room. Like, no, I think sometimes you just have to behave your damn self. But anyway, I digress. Back to art. We There's a sense of generalization. And um, with abstract art, it's like we strip objects or things of their individualism so much so that it can't be can't haunt be art anymore <laughs> so the founders of abstract art or the people you know way back you know Kardininsky or Martin Mondrain they weren't trying to generalize images or objects what they were trying to do initially was simplify and this is where he says that modern art or abstraction artists miss the point. They're trying to generalize objects or try and make it like, it could be a giraffe, it could be an elephant, you know, depends what you feel. When the original people who, like the founders of abstract art, weren't trying to do that. They were trying to just like really simplify objects. And I know, it, I told you, it's a gray argument. It's a very gray argument. And, um, but that's his point. He That's what he says about art, abstract art. And he really goes on to it so much more. And I advise read the book because I don't think y'all want to listen to me just go off on abstract art because I think I kind of like it as well. So I don't think I'll do justice on the argument on either side. So art in summary, and this is one of the big reasons why I wanted to bring up his book as an example, is he, at the end of the book, he gives out 10 things to look out for to consider something as art. And they're all really interesting um, ideas. And these are the 10. He talks about connectivity versus disconnectivity, open-endedness versus closed-endedness, restructiveness or recurrence versus singularity, transformation versus invariance, hierarchy versus randomness, symmetry versus asymmetry, negation versus affirmation, complementarity versus mutual exclusiveness, comparison versus non-comparison, and determinism versus indeterminism. I'm not going to go into all of them, but each one on their own kind of explains um, very deep points. But his one point number five, I believe, hierarchy versus randomness, kind of really goes into the nooks and crannies of or an easy way to differentiate what is art and what is not art. Basically, he says that there's a hierarchy or um, that comes with art. So it's kind of this idea that the more complex something is, the more likely it is art. So let's say that you're painting a horse. First of all, um, the painting of the horse will be able, you'll be able to look amongst other horses and be like, oh, this is a horse. But you'll also be able to look amongst other animals and be able to differentiate it from, and say that, oh, versus a pig, this is a horse. Like art will have that sense of clarity. However, when you're thinking of the ideas of hierarchies, it's like the more detailed a painting, the more layering or the more hierarchy, the more likely it is art. And he gives us an example of a cow versus a hamburger. There, a cow is a living super... Um, system. It includes hundreds and of thousands of subsystems, all interrelated, all dynamic, all creative in their um, own way. This um, 
enables a cow to function as an organism by itself. A hamburger, on the other hand, is a result of destruction. It's the total destruction of a previous system that we've already established is the cow. Similarly, um, Avatar argues that um, figurative art is a super system of symbols. So it's symbols and sub-symbols and it's the way you can look at the Mona Lisa for hours and just experience different things. And you're looking at different layers of colors. You're also wondering like historically what was going on. Is she smiling? She's not smiling. Oh my gosh, she's following around the room like this. So it's layered and it's kind of like the way organisms or animals are complex. That's why art is supposed to be complex. But when you keep stripping it down and you dumb it down so much, you get what he calls the abstract expressionalist, which is an arbitrary or random jumble of colors and forms. It contains no hierarchies, no symmetries. And with relation to any subject, it does not connect anything to anything else other than its mere being on the ca canvas. So I think you can also argue, bring the same argument to aesthetics outside the platform of, I know people love those aesthetics, that like tone brown color and that like minty green, like outside that it's, it doesn't connect to anything else. Like I'm sure like you could be like, it invokes feeling of calmness and like all sorts of things, but good grief. It's, so it's a limited conversation. And I, I like, I just like the idea that I like, I like his way of thinking for this reason and this reason alone. I, I like it because it, it implies that there has to be a, an inkling of intelligence in what you're doing in order for it to be art. Like I understand that someone who like a two-year-old or three-year-old can draw something and it's cute or pretty or something or even like someone could accidentally do something and it invokes like conversation or invokes all these feelings. Like I feel like you could stumble into art, but I don't like the idea that I could put four circles and then someone else comes like, wow, I want to sell this for a billion dollars. I think art sellers and dealers have done us a huge disservice in that sense in that they never like at a point were just like, no, this, this doesn't count guys. But I know, I think you can argue that like night and day. And I think that's, that's what makes it interesting. What is art? What is not art? But I, I like the idea that his way of thinking and others as well um, gives what's due to artists, whether successful or not too successful. That they were there was intention behind their their actions in that they wanted to evoke something in other people, and it wasn't a simple thing they were trying to do. They were they were complex feelings that they were pouring into their work or their statues or their music. I don't know. And that's what, that's what I think. Feel free to disagree. And that's, that's what I like. I like it when you disagree. Okay, so in summary, art is a bit more complex than I initially thought. After much reading, I think art is meant to either move people to think or feel, and it's meant to provoke thought and emotions, and it doesn't necessarily have to solve problems. It's not meant to fix anything, just kind of steer a conversation one way or another. It's actually a silly question to ask, what is art? It's not a simple question either. It's kind of like asking what is a real politician? The, it's, you know, you could argue like knowledge or intelligence or experience, but sometimes you're kind of like that one was successful, that one was not. So, you know, one is a politician, one is not, you know, like, is it that simple all the time? It's not. Art isn't always liked and it's certainly not always appreciated. I should know. <laughs> Art has... um has brought meaning to lives and, you know, stripped others of their lives with obsession in it. 
Avatar has very firm views, but doesn't mean he's right. My pictures may have not ended up on the fridge, but I can tell you what did. It was photos of me and my uh, my siblings and my cousins that ended up on my mom's fridge. And maybe to her, that's what was art. That was the complex masterpiece. And you know, that uh, makes my head very, very big. <laughs> you know what else ended up on our fridge? Those bloody fridge magnets. I don't know what show called those fish have on the Zambian community, but good grief. I feel like we all had those magnetic fish. Please tell me if you didn't. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe my parents thought they were masterpieces too. That makes me uh, a bit more humble. <laughs> anyway, go off. Be artists. Evoke meaning. Be complex. Be decisive. Be great. Thank you for listening. This has been CPA, Chanda Pays Attention. Um, I will try and make links to all my research um, available. And yeah, I love you and have a great day. I'm also going to throw up a poem that was written by one of our listeners. I'm so excited to share that. That might be just a brief clip on its own. Thank you for listening. Bye.